I remember for years really struggling with comparing myself to other people, especially once I became a mother. When I became a mother, moms do that anyway. I think moms have a tendency to compare themselves to other moms. But when you have bipolar disorder, it's especially bad because you're feeling like you're looking at people who don't have mental health issues and you're feeling like you're, you're failing your kids. You're feeling like you're, you know, you're less than. And so because you're comparing yourself to other people, you are damaging your own experience and you're damaging yourself. And once I got to the point where I accepted myself as I was and I stopped comparing myself to other people and I stopped thinking about who I thought I was or who I thought I should become and started really working on accepting myself as I am, I started to see my value and I started to see the things that were great about me and the unique qualities that I had. Hey, welcome to the Upside of Bipolar conversations on the road to wellness. I am so excited that you decided to join me today. We're a community learning how to live well with bipolar disorder, and we reject that the best we can expect is learning how to suffer well with it. I'm your host, Michelle Reidinger of myupsideofdown.com, where I help people with bipolar disorder use the map to wellness to live healthy, balanced, productive lives. Welcome to the conversation. Hey, welcome to the Upside of Bipolar, Conversations on the Road to Wellness. I am Michelle Reidinger, and I'm so excited to talk to you tonight. Tonight, we are talking about a really important topic, and that is your mindset. What is your mindset about your disorder? And I've learned some really important lessons over the past 20 plus years that I've been living with this disorder. And I'm going to share with you the things that I've learned, because how you view your disorder has a huge impact on how you live with it. And so I'm going to talk to you about the things that I've learned. And all of the things that I'm talking about tonight are actually found in blog posts on my blog. And so if you want more information about them, I'll tell you what the names of those posts are. And I I would really encourage you to, to learn more about this, because if you can change your mindset about how you live with your bipolar, or how you view your bipolar, it's going to have a big impact on how you live with it. So the first thing that I've learned is that you will go through a grieving process. When you, I I want you to think about how you felt when you were first diagnosed. Think about what the thoughts were that went through your mind, maybe the day of, what you went through following that. I remember everything about the day that I was diagnosed. I was severely depressed. My aunt came with me because I was struggling. When I get depressed, I have a really hard time thinking. My brain gets really muddy. I have a really hard time articulating what I'm thinking or how I'm feeling. And she came with me. And when I got my diagnosis, I remember feeling two things. I remember feeling relieved that there was an explanation for what I'd been going through. But on the other side of that, I I felt like I'd just been told I was broken. I remember very clearly one of the thoughts that went through my head is nobody's going to want me now. I was in college. I was single at the time. I was dating off and on. But I remember very clearly thinking no one will want me like this. And it was a really despairing feeling. Over the years after that, I remember going through periods of time where I was in denial. I would think I was misdiagnosed, especially when I was feeling better. I would think, oh, maybe I don't have bipolar. Maybe they got it wrong. Then I would crash again or I would get manic again. And then I think, no, nope, I have bipolar. And then there were times when I felt really resentful about it. I would feel very angry about it. And I remember there were times, the times that I felt really angry, I would feel like People, no, I don't think it's fair that I have to deal with this. And so since I have to deal with this, everybody else has to deal with it too, you know? And it was just like 
cutting off my nose to spite my face, if you know that that expression. Like I just felt so frustrated and angry and and I went through long periods of time like that. But over time, I started recognizing how important it is to accept your diagnosis. If you want to learn how to live with it, you have to accept that you have it in the first place. And so I wrote a post about this talking about the grief cycle because I recognized, I remember one time after my father passed away, somebody was talking about the grief cycle. And a little while later, I started thinking about it. I thought, I think I went through a grief cycle experience with my diagnosis, with my bipolar and all of the little, all the things in the grief cycle I experienced. I experienced, you know, anger. I experienced discouragement and despair. I experienced kind of rebellion about it. All of the things that I went through in the grieving process of losing my father, I went through those same things in grieving the loss of what I felt like was myself. But the thing that's awesome about it is if you understand what you're going through, you can learn how to work through that grief process and get to a point where you accept your disorder and you accept that you have it and that you can learn how to live well with it. And once you get to that point, then you can start really making progress. The second part of mindset that I wanted to talk about is talking about how it's important not to compare yourself to others. I was watching some videos about inspirational figures one time and I came across this young woman named Cambry Kaler. And she was on vaulting. It's like acrobatics on the back of a horse. And she was really good at it. One day she had a training accident and it caused paralysis for her. As I was listening to her talk about her experience, I connected to what she was saying because she talked about how when she first got, you know, she was first found out she was paralyzed, she kept trying to figure out how to get back to where she was. And she talked about, you know, really trying to use these tools to, you know, learn how to walk like other people, but it was really difficult to do it. And it took a long time. There was a lot of pain, but she just kept thinking, if I'm not like that, who am I? And she was very unhappy for a long time because she was really struggling with accepting where she was now. And it's kind of like that grief process where you're grieving the loss of who you thought you were, you're grieving the loss of of who you thought you could become. But then she talked about how when she got to the point where she fully accepted herself as she was, then she was able to move forward. And she stopped comparing herself to who she thought she was, who she thought she should become, and she stopped comparing herself to other people. And once she did that, she was able to make progress. And I realized that I did that. I remember for years really struggling with comparing myself to other people, especially once I became a mother. When I became a mother, moms do that anyway. I think moms have a tendency to compare themselves to other moms. But when you have bipolar disorder, it's especially bad because you're feeling like you're looking at people who don't have mental health issues and you're feeling like you're you're failing your kids, you're feeling like you're, you know, you're less than. And so because you're comparing yourself to other people, you are damaging your own experience and you're damaging yourself. And once I got to the point where I accepted myself as I was and I stopped comparing myself to other people and I stopped thinking about who I thought I was or who I thought I should become and started really working on accepting myself as I am, I started to see my value and I started to see the things that were great about me and the unique qualities that I had. And so the things that I talk about in this blog post in particular that were really helpful to me are number one, I still go through long periods of time where I'll just stop looking at social media. Social media can be really challenging to our mental health. I even wrote a post about this on my blog about the the pandemic of, of social media, you know, some of the damaging effects that social media can have on our mental health. But it's especially important if you start finding yourself, you know, going through social media and getting depressed or discouraged or whatever, take a break. 
Just shut it off. You don't need to announce it on there. Don't announce I'm taking a break. Just take a break. Take a step back and then set some healthy boundaries around it so that you can take care of yourself mentally. I actually deleted TikTok for myself because I realized it was really having wrecking havoc on my mental health. So I just deleted it. I tried to get back on it and then realized, nope, that's not going to work for me. So I just deleted it. I don't have TikTok anymore. And then the second thing is therapy. Therapy, I advocate for all kinds of reasons. But in this particular situation, I advocate for therapy because it's really important to talk to somebody who can help you think about yourself in healthy ways. It's really easy with bipolar disorder to get caught up in really negative thought patterns. When you're manic, you might have a lot of big ideas. You might have a lot of intense euphoria, feel like you're the best thing in the world. And then when you crash, it's the opposite. You just feel like you're worth nothing. You feel like you have no value in life, that your whole life is just trying to survive. And so you can develop thought habits when you're in those, those states of mind that can contribute to feeling really bad about yourself. When you have a lot of really bad thoughts, it can, you, can, you can think only a bad person would think those things, and then you start feeling bad about yourself. So working with a therapist can be really helpful to identifying really negative thought patterns and, and then learning how to change those thoughts. Another thing that's really helpful with that is mindfulness meditation. I'm a huge advocate of mindfulness meditation. It's a really powerful tool to help you separate yourself from those negative thoughts or separate yourself from any kind of thoughts that are maybe, maybe you have intrusive thoughts or, or negative thoughts or whatever, but it helps you separate yourself from the thoughts, recognize you are not your thoughts, and then choose what you want to engage with and choose what kind of thoughts you want to have. The fourth one is find positive, encouraging friends within the bipolar community. I started a Facebook group for moms or potential moms with bipolar. You can find the link in my bio. It's because I, a lot of the Facebook groups that I was in with bipolar, there was a lot of negativity in there. A lot of people, and and I'm not down on talking about the things that you're struggling with, but it seemed like that was the only thing anybody wanted to talk about. And it was pulling me down. I would get in there and I would get triggered and I would feel depressed and discouraged. And and I thought, I want a positive place too. I want a place where people are trying to work towards wellness. And so that's why I created this Facebook group. So if you're not a member of the Facebook group, please join. It's a really great place. And yes, you can talk about the things you're struggling with, but we also talk about solutions. We also talk about how to move towards wellness with your disorder. And then the last thing, I think I talked about it a little bit before, is figuring out what your unique gifts and talents are. Every one of us has them. And we have unique things to offer to the world and focus on those unique things about yourself. Maybe you love to do art. I love sewing. I stopped for a long time. When I was in survival mode for a long time, I stopped and I've just started again and I, I love it. I love to sew. I don't do a lot of really fancy stuff, but I love doing it. It feeds my soul. There are all kinds of different ways that we can express ourselves. So find out what's unique about you and focus on those things, develop those things in yourself while you're learning how to manage your disorder. And then the last thing about mindset that I want to talk about is the recovery cycle. When I was first diagnosed for probably like even probably the first 15 years, I viewed working towards wellness as like walking up a path on a mountain. I was trying to get to the top of the mountain and that's where wellness was in my mind. But I viewed it as this linear path. So every time I would experience a mood cycle, I felt like I was falling back down to the bottom. And it was a really discouraging experience. It really was depressing. And I remember very clearly a few years ago, probably, I think it was three years ago, we had a really bad tragedy happen and I was really struggling with my mental health. I I got very depressed and I had that thought. I thought, oh, the start all over again. I'm at the bottom now. 
And when I had that thought, I went to my therapist and I told her that. I said, I just feel like I'm trying so hard and I just keep falling down to the bottom. And she said, I don't think you're viewing working towards wellness in the right way. And she talked about how a lot of therapists are now starting to view wellness with bipolar like the recovery cycle with drug addiction. And I don't know if you can see this graphic that I have up. I have this on my website so that this post on my website is called the recovery cycle. And I talk about how in drug addiction, the first two steps, pre-contemplation and contemplation, are where you're in denial about your, your illness or your disorder. You're in denial about it. You know, it, the first one is there's no recognition at all, no acknowledgement at all. And then the second one is you acknowledge it, but you don't care about it and you're not going to do anything about it. And those two are the ones that you want to eliminate from the cycle. You want to, you know, going back to that grief one and not comparing yourself, learn how to accept your disorder. Learn how to re recognize I have bipolar and I need to learn how to accept it and how to work towards wellness with it. Once you get to that, then you can start with, I want to learn how to live well with my bipolar. I want to move towards wellness. And then the next step is like figuring out a plan. What am I go going to do? How am, I, how am I going to do this? And then implementing the plan. And then once you get to that point, then you can get to a point where you're in maintenance mode. And the goal with bipolar is to spend longer and longer periods of time in maintenance mode. The tool that I developed for myself to help with this is the Mental Health Emergency Response Plan. If you've heard of it before by that name, I have renamed it. And the reason I renamed it is because it was confusing to people. When I say mental health emergency response, some people hear like the crisis thing. For me, it was a crisis. Every time I would experience a mood cycle, I felt like I was having a crisis. I felt like my family was in crisis. And so I created this plan thinking, okay, I'm having a mental health emergency. So this is the plan. But I've actually changed it to, to the mood cycle survival guide now to help people understand this is for helping you learn how to proactively manage your mood cycles. So when you experience it, you don't feel like, oh, I've, you know, I've failed. I've, you know, now I have to start at the bottom again. You just think, nope, I know what to do right now. If you're in mania, you have a plan for that. If you're in, in depression, you have a plan for that. But the four pieces of that are who are your team? Who are the people that you can go to for help? Your doctor, your therapist, your partner, you know, if you have child care for your children, who are the team? Who are the people you can ask for help, you know, when you're in that, that space? The second piece of it is identifying your early warning system. And the early warning system is really important. Learning how to identify when you're either entering or in a manic or depressed state is really important because then you can say, okay, I'm manic right now. So for me, I didn't spend money. I had to give my husband my credit cards when he could see that I was getting manic. When I was depressed, I had to call in reinforcements, but recognizing that I was in that state was really critical. So learning how to recognize what the symptoms are that you're in that state, also recognizing triggers. So moving is a trigger for me. We have moved six times and every time I get hypomanic and then I get depressed. Once we figure that out, we recognize this is a trigger. So I'm going to prepare myself for the inevitable mood cycle so that we can manage it more effectively. The third piece is learning how to manage your emotional resources, find what the priorities are for those emotional resources. So making sure when I was manic, I would forget to feed my kids. I would get going on big projects. I would, you know, have all the stuff that was, that I was doing and I would forget to feed them. My poor children were like going through cupboards trying to find something to eat. And so that was one of the things that was on my list when I was manic is you have to feed your children. And I would set alarms for myself to make sure that I remembered to feed my kids. When I was depressed, 
I kept trying to do everything and then I could do nothing and it made it worse. And so making sure that my kids got to school, making sure that they ate, you know, making sure that the things that were most important got done and then I let go of the rest of it. And then the last piece of it is learning how to get yourself back to maintenance mode. So that's that recovery cycle. You create a plan for yourself to get yourself back into a healthy, balanced mental state. If you haven't developed a mood cycle survival guide for yourself, it's free on my website. I have a whole guide. I've got videos and I've got the written section directions for how to develop this for yourself. It's free. So go download it and do it for yourself. It is an amazing tool that will help you learn how to be more proactive about managing your mood cycles while you're learning how to live well with your your disorder. So these three blog posts, if you haven't read them, like I said, go on to my blog and check them out. You can get more information. There's a lot more detail in there about each of these topics. But learning how to get yourself into a, a healthy mindset about your disorder is the first step in learning how to live well with it because you have to accept that you have the disorder. Go through the grieving process. It's a normal thing to grieve when you have, you know, when you're struggling with accepting your diagnosis, accepting who you are with the diagnosis, but don't get stuck in grief. And then you want to make sure that you don't compare yourself to other people. Don't compare yourself to your former self. Don't compare yourself to who you thought you were supposed to be. Don't compare yourself because you can live well with your disorder. It might look different, but that doesn't mean it's bad. It's just different. So don't compare yourself to other people. And then the last thing, of course, is the recovery cycle. Understanding what wellness looks like is really important so that you, when you have a mood cycle, you don't view it as failure. It's not a failure. You're just changing where you are in the cycle and you know what you need to do to get back to wellness, to get back to a, a maintenance mode and a healthy mental space. I spent years feeling like the best that I could expect out of my life was learning how to suffer well with my disorder. And now that I know that that's not true, now that I know that you can live well with bipolar, that you can live a healthy, balanced, productive life, I want to share what I've learned with others so that it doesn't take you 23 years to figure it out for yourself. So check out my blog, myupsideofdown.com. I know that it's really hard sometimes when you feel so isolated. I felt really isolated with my bipolar for years. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so vocal about it, because there is no shame in having bipolar, but it's really hard when you don't know how to live well with it. And that's why I'm sharing what I'm sharing, because you are not alone in this and you can learn how to live well with it. So I will talk to you guys next Thursday night. And if you have any questions or anything, please message me and I'll talk to you soon. Have a great night. See you next time, Upsiders. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you're ready to start on your path to wellness with bipolar, go to myupsideofdown.com and get your free mood cycle survival guide, four steps to successfully navigate bipolar mood swings. If you're ready for more, check out the map to wellness. Until next time, Upsiders.